This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. CES, CES, CES. Lots of technology talk over the course of the last week and a half about CES, and that's for good reason, because there was all kinds of cool technology being shown off in Las Vegas, and AMI's Access Tech Live and Double Tap did a really good job covering the event. By the way, so did now with Dave Brown. But let's find out what Greg David thought about the way AMI handled CES. Greg is a communications specialist as part of AMI's marketing and communications department. Hey, good morning, Greg. Good morning. And and I do have to say, yes, you guys did a wonderful job, as did Kelly and Ramya covering CES. It really has become kind of an all-encompassing thing at AMI, and for good reason. Yeah, listen, CES is ultimately a media event. It's something that the media loves to jump on en masse, but there's different ways that people can approach it. And that's what was so cool about the way that Access Tech Live handled it. It was really accessibility-focused compared to how, how we handled it on Wednesday with Jenny Bovard and Megan Gilmore, where it was taking non-accessibility products and applying an accessibility lens. And I think that's why CES is so rich for interesting conversations about the present of technology and the future of technology. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for every like heated bidet or heated toilet seat that's that, you know, is admittedly great. You know, I think what we do really well is, like you mentioned, the 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 angle that you took earlier on in the week with uh, with Meg and, and Jenny was great. And then, of course, the guys that we're going to talk about now with, you know, largely going at the accessibility angle, which is, uh, you know, arguably important for us to talk about. Yeah. What did you think about the way that especially – well, let's start with the Access Tech Live gang because sure. Stephen and Mark had a camera on the ground while they were still broadcasting remotely. What did you think about that approach and what were some of your takeaways about the job they did? I really like that approach. You know, at first blush, I thought, oh, they're not actually there. So is that going to be okay? And yeah, they had support staff on the other end coordinating all the interviews. And so they were able to pull these interviews straight from the floor. And it just shows you the strength of Zoom that these folks could join them from Las Vegas through all the different time zones and then technologies there. I really liked it. I felt like it was a little bit more intimate because the camera was getting in close on the person's face when they were speaking, as opposed to sometimes that back and forth where you're trying to, you know, do a two shot or yeah, a one. Yeah. Wider shot to include the host. I, I really like the way they covered it this year. Yeah, I thought it was really, really brilliant. And they just brought in a lot of great guests as well. People who were deeply connected to the accessibility side of the tech that was being shown off there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, a hand stabilizer for, for somebody that that uh, has the shakes and, and and they're able to eat and do do things as a result of it. But then you've got something like a, like a little box that you can attach to your uh, horizontal blind so that you can make them open and close with an app. Mm-hmm. Like you had a wide mm-hmm. range of things to to talk about as well. Yeah, there was hearing there was hearing loss technology. There was exoskeletons. Like there was all kinds of wild stuff going on. But it wasn't just those two live broadcasts that Access Tech Live did so well, uh, Greg, they also did a really nice job on the Double Tap AMI audio show when Stephen and Sean got together earlier this week and really recapped the whole thing with such a thorough lens. And again, as always, because they're so darn charming, it was super fun to listen to. (laughs) 
Yeah, it absolutely was. You know, Stephen was breaking down each of some of the key headlines from an accessibility standpoint, and then he and Sean Priest would weigh in on their thoughts uh, and whether, you know, they they thought that this was a good thing or a bad thing. And also acknowledging that, you know, even though some of these items and a large number of these items may never actually make it to the marketplace, at least those discussions are going on. At least the thinking is there with regard to making things that are accessible for the disability community. Greg, were there any gadgets that jumped out to you as the week unfolded? I, meant, I mentioned that useful or useless segment on Wednesday, the large screen, uh, portable, foldable large screen, which I could just so totally make a case for how that would work in my life, or the idea of a non-tangling charging cord. I was like, yeah. these are just awesome things that jump out to me that I want. A lot of people loved the extension, the physical keyboard that you could attach to the bottom of your smartphone to essentially mm -hmm. turn it into a BlackBerry. Like, that that jumped out to a lot of people. What jumped out to you as you were sort of taking in the CES coverage? The one amazing thing uh, was the mouth pad. So M-O-U-T-H pad, not mouse pad, by a company called Augmental. And this is tongue driven. So it's a mouse pad, but it's in the roof of your mouth. And so if you do not have the use of your hands, you're able to use your tongue to move the cursor around your screen. It connects via Bluetooth to your computer, your phone, whatever. And you use your tongue to do the clicking and the navigation around it. And I thought that that was amazing. And that's the type of thing that I get really really excited about when you see something at CES like that. Like, it's just incredible the stuff that they're able to come up with. I just instinctively licked my hard palate as you were describing <laughs> that, just to see what that what that might feel like. Hey, Greg, I'm going to give a couple points of contact here, just in case folks did miss any of these broadcasts. The CES special episodes of Access Tech Live can be streamed at amiplus.ca amiplus.ca. Remember, you have to spell out plus when you're putting that into your URL. You can download the CES episode of the Double Tap podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And if you did miss the segment that Jenny, Megan, and I did on Wednesday on Now with Dave Brown, don't forget this is not just a live television show or streaming an audio at amiplus.ca. You can also download it on your favorite podcasting platform. You have to punch in almost the whole name of the podcast though, Now with Dave Brown, because Now with it's an Edmonton Oilers podcast that pops up first. You got to get the whole thing in there. Now with Dave Brown, it probably shows up around DA, but just punch in the whole thing. Don't forget to like, subscribe, rate, and review. Hey, Greg, let's jump over to the more broader world of television, but still with an accessibility slant. CTV is debuting a new drama series on Sunday night. It's about a homicide detective who gets diagnosed as blind and resorts and uses a a, a, a visual assistance app yeah. and is paired with a remote guide to help her solve a crime. So, Greg, you actually had a chance to get a screener of the first episode of Sight Unseen. What were your thoughts? I thought it was really interesting, and, and I know there's going to be some interviews with the stars on now yes, uh, with Dave Brown yes. next week. But I was really impressed. You know, I kind of I go into this now with a jaded eye of how is the disability community going to be represented. But, you know, when it comes right down to the storytelling, I really like the episode. It's always tough to, you know, create a, a world for a new viewer, introduce a whole bunch of characters that you have to care about or in some case not care about if they're the bad guys. But I was really impressed. Um, the lead actress, her name is Dolly Lewis, and she is playing uh, this big city detective who begins to lose her eyesight. And she is a member of the party partially sighted community. And I thought that that was really important when it came to the casting, but it is full of a lot of energy. There's also a lot of drama because, um, because her character, uh, uh, 
is uh, is going through uh, her, her name is Tess, the character's name. She's going through this journey into into losing her sight, and how is that going to affect whether she's able to be a police detective anymore and a successful one at that? And like you said off the top, she's paired with uh, with a guide, a seeing eye guide through technology, uh, who is talking her through like a seeing AI and other apps mm. what's going on in front of her. So you know, really interesting from that standpoint. And it's a pretty much aside from that, it's your procedural cop drama, which I always like. Greg, I am not a high-powered Falutin executive like yourself. I don't get access to these special screeners. That's okay, though, because I watch a lot of football on CTV. So yep. I've seen a bunch of previews for the show. And what's been really cool in the previews is there is something that the creators of the show are doing to represent the viewpoint of Tess by mm -hmm. creating blurs on the screen or visual yep. effects on the screen. What did you think about that stylistic choice? I thought that that was really interesting and one of the strong points of the show because it's easy to just tell the story, uh, you know, of, of somebody who is 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 going blind, but to show that technology and switch it around so that you're getting an idea of what she is seeing, I thought was really really interesting and a very big part of the storytelling and obviously what makes this show different from your common procedural. Uh, they did have uh, blind and partially sighted consultants on board as well as the lead actress, as I said, to make sure that they got things right. But also one of the co-creators of the show is going through her own partial site uh, journey as well. So they had three big standpoint, you know, three angles to, to cover there and make sure that they got it right when, it, when they came to the show. And I also want to mention CTV was really smart to broadcast this first episode after the NFL games, kind of like a post Super Bowl <laughs> time slot, if you will, right? There's some very famous shows that have been given a massive yep. bump from being put after a football game. 1999, Family Guy made its debut right after that Super Bowl. Now, it had its ups and downs in terms of keeping its consistency, but it was a monster debut number for that show. And one of the most famous episodes of The Office ever was shown after the Pittsburgh Steelers Arizona Cardinals Super Bowl in the spring, in the winter of 2009. That was the highest rating number The Office ever pulled. And it was a super popular show. Yeah, and I remember there was a special Friends episode that aired after it, The X-Files as well. And oh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, kudos to CTV for being smart and putting in there because there will be a lot of eyeballs watching the football and then hanging with Sight Unseen after that. Was that the Friends episode that had Julia Roberts in it? I think it was. I think it, it, was. it was. either that one or it could have been the Brad Pitt one or it might have been the ER one with George Clooney and oh. Noah Wiley. I I can't remember because there was there. I think there was probably more than one, but you know, I, it was it was definitely with a, a you know a celebrity in the cast. Yeah, it wasn't the Brad Pitt one. That was a Thanksgiving episode. I think okay. it was the Ju oh, I think it was right. the Julia Roberts where she made Chandler okay. uh, wear her panties. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert. Greg, thank you for this. Have a lovely day. <laughs> You too. Have a great weekend, Dave. <laughs> That's Greg David, communication specialist at AMI. Don't forget, Sight Unseen, Sunday, January 21st, 10 p.m. Eastern time on CTV, right after the football that I will be consuming. Consuming, consuming, consuming. Don't forget, this uh, broadcast will be available in described video, and Alex Smythe is going to share a couple interviews with a few of the actors next week on Now with Dave Brown. Once again, in the business, they call that a front sell. That's all the time there is for the show today. That's all the time there is for the show this week. We come back Monday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Until then, I'm Dave Brown reminding you to play safe, play fair, but don't forget to have some fun like we do every single Friday. We say thank you to the people who put this show together behind the scenes. Roll those credits, gang. Host, Dave Brown. Co-host, producer, Alex Smythe. Sports reporter, Brock Richardson. Entertainment reporter, 
Laura Bain. Contributors, Ramia Mutin, Nisreen Abdel-Majid. Senior show producer, Andrika Delanero. Visual producer, Bruce Baclarian. Producers, Paul Daniel, Marianne Dion jones Bob Pagrak. Production assistant, Kingsley Juco. DV producer, Mark Phoenix. Director, Anastasia Spalding Stenhouse. Control room operators, Daniel Panamondo, Eliza Rocco, Parker Octoby, Caitlin Robinson. Operations coordinator, Jordan Mulgrave. Manager of operations, Kyle Harper. Manager of live productions, Paula Denise. Director of content development, Kara Nye. Vice president of programming, John Melville. President and CEO, David Arrington. Give us your feedback, 1-866-509-4545. Copyright 2024, Accessible Media Inc. NAMI Original Production. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.